<laughs> Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it, and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read in one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings and I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. It's a new episode of Facing Fear. Welcome to the show. Facing Fear is a podcast where I, your host, Sarah, introduces you to particular guests who have faced fear throughout their lives on a multitude of different scales, opportunities, opinions, perspectives, experiences. And we are in the middle of a new chapter of the show, something I've never done, a whole season on one topic. And that topic is Facing Fear buying property. So if you are new here, go back and listen to the three or four episodes leading up to this. They give you more of a backstory on why I'm doing this and what I'm hoping to give back to you. At this point, you have heard from me and my own story on facing fear and buying a home. You've heard from our realtor, Levi Cromer. There was also an episode on the Facing Fear Instagram television series. So if you go to Instagram and go to at Facing Fear with Sarah, you'll find all of the visuals to the podcast as well as an episode with an individual named Marcus, who is a real estate agent. And last week we had part one with Jenna Martin and Nico Berrios. Jenna taught us how to pay attention and know your rights as a buyer. And Nico let us in on what it was like to go from living that single life in a condo to becoming a partner with his fiance who brought her own child into their family. And then the together they had a child as well. And now I'm excited to introduce you to two more guests. The first guest of today's show is Rebecca Foster, and I know Rebecca from Finish Line, which I swear to you guys, I'm not doing this on purpose, but I realize again, just like last week with Nico and Jenna, both Ball State graduates, I know them on completely different terms. Same thing with this episode. These are two Finish Line employees. One is former and one is currently working with us. 
just, I just thought that was a crazy coincidence. Anywho. So first up is Rebecca. So Rebecca is married to her husband, Madison for four years, and they have two children, Griffin and Roman, and they actually sold their home in 2019 due to the increase in value, which allowed them to pay off a lot of debt and for Rebecca to actually quit her job and stay at home to raise their children. So pumped for you to hear her interview because she's kind of doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing, right? Everybody else in the series is trying to buy property or a home. And Rebecca actually flips the switch and tells us about how she went from buying to renting and why they did. She breaks down the stereotype of why renting seems to be so taboo and how she and her family faced fear and did what was the best thing for them. My name is Rebecca Foster. I stay home with my two little boys, um, Griffin and Roman. Griffin's two and a half and Roman is nine months old this week, I believe. And um, my husband and I, we live in Westfield. He, we've been married for four years and uh, we are currently renting our home, which is why we are a part of the podcast. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. And as I do, I was ranting about things on social media and she had responded to something that I put up and we just went from there. And now I'm reading her form that I have everybody do before they come on the podcast and it's just even better. So super excited to have you. So thanks again. Yeah, excited to be here. Let's go back to the beginning and talk about that moment when you and your partner set that goal to own a home. My husband and I, well, at the time, my fiance, we got engaged in November of 2017. And we were just like really fast paced with everything. We got engaged and dated really quickly. And then when we were engaged, we we're like, where are we going to live together? And obviously it was like, well, we need to buy a house. This is the thing that you do when you get married. You have to do this. So we did, we really didn't even make a plan. We had no ideas. It was just the spring and we were getting married in August and we were like, oh, we need to find a house. And it just kind of took off from there, like flying by the seat of our pants, no plan. And looking back, we were so naive. (laughs) I have a similar experience. We, Jacob and I were coming to like a head and like a crossroad in our lives. We were either going to get engaged and married or buy a home. And then we, we decided home, but backdoor, he had the plans to ask me to marry him. And we were, this was in 2018. So a year later than you guys, but we were the same underfunded, undereducated, um, had a realtor that really wasn't on our side. So did not go so hot, but I'm assuming it went okay for you guys. You obtained the home and what, what, how to go from there. Well, um, it was kind of depressing. You just got married. So you understand I was planning a wedding. So like, I did not have time to think about a home. I had this picture of what my life was going to be when I was married. But other than that, there was nothing. Our realtor, bless her heart, was relentless in trying to help us find a home. We, I remember afterwards, um, we went through, I forget what they're called, but the little packets that they give us about the home with all of the details, we counted them up and we saw over 30 homes over the course of a few months. And the market wasn't as hot as it is now, but it was still like, we had to have offers in day of 
we only put offers in on two homes. And I had actually like given up. I was like, we're done with this. It's not worth my time until we went and saw this house in Noblesville. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the one. It has everything. Um, and like just my list of things that were important at the time, if a house didn't have a backsplash, I didn't want to see it. Like <laughs> it just shows you the difference in maturity of my age at what was I 24, 25 to now I'm 28. And I'm like, oh my gosh, give me whatever. I don't care as long as the pipes work and the air and heat. Yes. <laughs> so how long did you guys stay in the home before you made the change that you did? Bought our house in May of 2017 and we sold our house in October of 2019. So just over two years. Okay. Um, and it was perfect because in order to I don't know the exact rules on this, so don't quote me, but something along the lines of in order that we don't get hurt on our taxes, you have to own. Oh yes. I have heard of this. You have to own your home for two years in order to make a profit and not have to claim it or something. So we were just over that threshold that we could take the profit, not be penalized and use that money towards something else. So in the pre-form interview that I have you filled out, you said we sold our home in 2019 due to the increase in value which allowed me to quit my job and stay home to raise our children. That I thought was so interesting too, because that's usually not the case. It's usually, oh, one partner got a massive promotion and now the other one can step aside. But this is some cool finagling you did. So was that the main motivation in selling it was because you knew you're going to get that increase and you wanted to stay home or did it kind of just work out that way? Well, um, it was a couple of things. Um, Mostly that we made... 35,000 off of our house, just in the value over two years, that chunk of money eliminated most of my student loan debt. Awesome. Um, which was our biggest debt that we had outside of a car. It was really the only thing. Um, so once we knocked that out and realized we had like four or $500 left in our pocket every month, we started looking at what other things we could take away. Um, that would allow me to stay home little things like we don't really watch cable that much. So why pay for it? Um, and then if we eliminated childcare, like how much am I really bringing home after childcare? Um, so if we wouldn't have sold our home, we wouldn't have had that freedom and finances monthly, um, to make the decision for me to stay home with our kids. That is so cool. That's such an interesting way to step into a different role in your life. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And opposite of what most people think, just like, like, oh, well I have kids. So now I need to buy a house and we're kind of just doing things, everything opposite, but really we're doing all of the same steps. We're just doing them out of order. Like we look back now and think we should have rented at first when we got married and then went through the home buying process, but you know, lessons learned. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too. Like we said, we get no education in high school. If you're lucky enough to go to college, you still don't get it there. And then for you guys, no way in the world would anybody ever think like, oh, buy a home. It could eventually help you invest in something and pay something else off in your life, you know, but instead you have students who are feeding, feeding, feeding into rent and then feeding, feeding into student loans. And it's like two spinning hamster wheels. You know, how many hamster wheels can we handle? Not that many. So, well, and then the other hamster wheel that we didn't realize, like you just mentioned education on home buying. We didn't know what we were doing and we were just listening to the people that were supposed to be experts, which 
like they were doing their job, but they weren't Madison and Rebecca. They didn't know what was best for us. So at the time that we were going to purchase, we had a down payment. It wasn't 20%, but we had a down payment. And they said, well, if you don't have 20%, you might as well just put the minimum down. That way you can have more money in your pocket, especially for your wedding. Of course, that was coming up. And the more we could, you know, the bigger party we could have, the better. Um, But that translated into going back to your question about us, like freeing up money. We looked at the long-term because we did that and had a lesser down payment. We had PMI. I don't know if you know anything about that. Yes, we've got it. (laughs) Yep. If you don't put 20% down, you have PMI at the time mortgage rates were not low. So our mortgage rate was 6% also leveraged because of the lower, um, down payment. So we did the math. We wouldn't have gotten rid of our PMI for almost 10 years we did a 30 year mortgage. And then with that interest rate, we, the value of our home was 165,000. We would have paid $135,000 in interest. So then when we did the math, looking at all of it, um, we do follow Dave Ramsey a little bit, not to a T, but we like to learn from his principles and he encourages renting unless you yeah, I've heard that actually. have the down payment and uh, encourages a 15 year mortgage. So we did the math. We could rent for five years during that time, saving money to get the 20% down, affording a 15 year mortgage and still come out on top rather than staying in that original house that we did. And the funny thing is that house was at like 165. That would also include, um, a more expensive house now because home values are crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I try to transcribe most of the episodes, but I'll definitely be transcribing this one because I'm going to need a little rewind on everything you just said when I go back, but thank you for sharing and especially sharing the details. We had the first week that we had our house that we owned, our air conditioner went out. This was in the middle of July and the <laughs> heat of the summer and Thank goodness our realtor at the time required in our closing or whatever it was that, um, was it uh, a warranty? Yes, a warranty. Thank you. Um, So thank goodness that was covered. But that's one joy that I have. So right now, my husband um, is a baseball coach for a living. He coaches high school ball. We do travel ball through the summer. I'm at home with two kids. If something breaks right now, we really don't have time to DIY it or anything. And I really don't want to pay anything out of pocket because, you know, manual labor is hard to come by and it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, so I plug in a request to the portal and get it done. And that's one leisure that you have with renting that was a factor in us continuing to rent because we actually did look at buying again this spring mm-hmm. or this past spring. We looked at it and like what you said, the realtor makes a difference. We um, went with, uh, parents of my husband's old, um, uh, baseball buddy. Okay. And, um, they took us in like their child. They were so honest. They were like, you could do this, but we just don't, we don't know for sure. We don't feel comfortable with you putting an offer in on this house. And that meant the world. And Mm -hmm. it made us feel more comfortable with continuing to rent especially in the market that it was in, we didn't want to be pressured into something we didn't want to do. 
Yeah, we have the same experience with our realtor this time around. Like you said, like prices and the competition is is wild out there right now. So it is it is definitely nothing to take lightly. But he, there were some homes where we were like, screw it, let's like push this many chips in. And he was like, I don't actually feel comfortable. And I would get mad and be like, but no, we want it. And like, thank goodness he like helped us pull the brakes because that's not normal. Yeah. You know, most most realtors are going to be like, okay, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's put down 300 K and see what happens. So yeah, I'll get a commission check. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for the honesty to those good realtors out there. We appreciate you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I want to dig into a little bit of your answer to when I said, tell me about a time in your life when you face fear and how you conquered that fear. And you said, renting seems to be so taboo. You're not, quote, doing well if you're renting and you have nothing to show for your hard work if you don't own a home. I had to set aside my pride because people would call our condo rental an apartment, which I thought was so embarrassing. I constantly remind myself that we did everything for a reason and we have bigger goals than what people think we should be doing. Oh my gosh, the nothing to show and you're not doing well if you're renting. Like, I just want to clap it up for that because I've heard that (laughs) many times and I've had those exact same feelings. Um, I was thinking about that before we came on here and your like pre-show questions. Like really, I think that falls back into like the American dream. And I really think that it's kind of shifting a little bit. People don't really want roots in the same place for long. They want to travel. They want to do all of these big things. And like I said, my husband and I moved really quickly into everything we've done. So we didn't get to do the traveling. We had kids right away, which was great. But, um, our, along with that is the negativity of, well, your money's going down the drain and you don't have a home. What do you have to show for your hard work? And at this point, what we have to say is it allowed me to stay home. We have two boys that are loved unconditionally. We have a family that is so happy as a unit, and it's also given me the ability to follow my husband when he travels for baseball. So on the other side, we have to look at what's best for us. And listen, I'm an Enneagram three, so my pride is really up there. I'm trying to humble myself every day. So the fear of, I remember at the time telling colleagues, we're selling our house, we're going to rent was like, Oh my gosh. Like I, her husband must not be doing well. We know how much you're getting paid. Like I was so scared, but the funny thing is there's always a plan and everything. And we moved into this great condo in downtown Carmel, right across from the palladium. And it was perfect because we were right on the Monon. So when uh, COVID hit and the pandemic, Like when everything was closed down, I was somewhere where I could equip my son with being outside, being distant from everyone. It just, it really worked out for us. I know that might not be the same for everyone, but we just followed what we knew was best for our family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm learning now that this is what usually happens to me with fears. Like they come about, they make my stomach hurt. I usually have some kind of like self-deprecation or self-hate associated with them. Eventually I will like spill them to Jacob or another close friend, but it really helps so much when I just like come up with it because at the end of the day, everybody's situation is different and the comparison trap is so killer. And this whole thing, living, career, all of it is just for you. And the more that we remember that, the better. I just feel like the American dream that was totally like sold to me. Like that's what it is. You get a house. Like that's 
a part of it. Like owning is the dream. Um, but in reality, like everybody's situation is different for you guys. Your dreams are like what you said, you know, to have the flexibility to go and be with your husband and take the kids with you because somebody's going to fix the AC over the weekend. And that's not everybody's scenario. So it really is. The American dream is really about following your own freaking path. And um, of course, doing the math, which I'm so glad that you shared. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's not just, I mean, you could do like many podcasts on all of the different things are the next steps that you're supposed to do, like facing fear with planning a wedding, then buying a house yeah. and then also having kids, because I'm sure the next question or pressure that's going to come to you, yeah. Jacob is, well, you have a house and you're married, so you're going to have kids now. Right. And it's like, no, let's like, let's make this my dream. Like it's our way, whatever the plan is, it's going to, it'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what do you wish that you knew before starting this journey or what would you love to share with somebody who's considering buying, renting, et cetera, any kind of advice? Um, well, I think what you did was great reading that buying a home for dummies. Um, I, I did not do any research. I was too busy planning my wedding. I didn't have time to look into stuff. We have had time to look more into things like the different types of loans that you can get. Like you can get money to rehab your home, um, which I think is important these days because lumber prices are so high. Um, so looking at the types of loans, researching your realtor, um, and make like meeting with them beforehand. If you don't feel comfortable with your realtor, like it's almost like a marriage, like you are putting hundreds of thousands of dollars in their hand and trusting them with it. Why would you not get together and like speed date or do something or <laughs> like re- get referrals from someone? Like if you have a friend that's buying a house, I'm sure you would love to refer the newest realtor that you used, you yeah. know? Um, So really looking into your realtor and the biggest thing for us that we still haven't landed on, which is why we're like waiting for a while to buy is making sure that you love the area you live in. Indy has tons of great places. And I think that's why in the beginning we looked at 30 homes because we looked in Broad Ripple, we looked in Greenwood, we looked in Noblesville and many people, including people at finish line, because they're centrally located and people from everywhere. Everyone has an opinion yeah. on where you should live. <laughs> like wherever you're going to land, it's going to be great. But um, being certain that the place that you want to be in uh, is where you want to buy. Awesome. I love those tips for sure. Well, is there anything that I did not ask or that you wanted to share about your story about the, or about this hot topic button, wait, hot button. What the hell is the phrase? <laughs> Hot button topic? Hot button Hot topic. topic. It has me so flustered. I'm like red in the face sweating right now. But is there anything else that you would like to share, Rebecca? Really, people need to think or pray or whatever is your thing to do. Like meditate on it for as long as possible. And if it takes <laughs> longer than other people, that's so okay. I mean, people don't finish college in four years. You don't have to buy a home your first year of marriage. I think it's just so important. I love that you're doing this. So thank you. I'm going to recommend this to my little sisters to listen to, (laughs) because I think that although it is such a fear that there's encouragement that people are talking about this topic. Yes, absolutely. And just all the little details, you know, so um, super appreciative of your time. This has been so great for me. I wish part of me wishes I wouldn't have waited until I conquered this fear to start doing it. 
but I had to get some confidence from somewhere before I started talking to other people, but the conversations have been great so far. And your guys' story is so awesome. So I cannot wait to share and just what a great example of you set your own goals between you and your family and what works for you guys. And then you just kind of say, screw the rest of it. You know, we're going to make it work. So. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, being a part and telling my story, even though it may be taboo, it may be a little different than others, but it's one that for us, it's really successful. Did you know that facing fear is so much bigger than just an audio experience? I want to point you to facingfearwithsarah.com linked in the show notes where you will find a blog where I go deeper into certain fears and thoughts and provide a prompt for you, a newsletter where I only hit you up once a month with a bolt of inspiration and podcast updates, a merchandise shop where whatever you purchase, a certain percentage of that actually goes right back into the show to help me keep it running. There is also a podcast workshop called The Breeze Through, so I can teach you or someone you know, or maybe you want to buy it as a gift for somebody else who's looking to create their own podcast, you can do that on my website. Finally, I'm also a public speaker, so I am available for hire at corporate, university, school, networking, whatever the group may be. And I do a interactive workshop on facing fear that gives everybody some tangible, realistic ways that they can go out and face fear in their own lives. So, so much going on. Check it out. Of course, there's social media everywhere you go at facing fear with Sarah. Go check it out. Facingfearwithsarah.com. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Facing Fear podcast. I'd love to know what you think, so please leave a review on Apple's podcast app, or you can go to the Facing Fear with Sarah Facebook and leave a review there as well. If you or someone you know has a story of overcoming fear to pursue their own definition of success, please submit yourself or that person as a guest. You can do that at facingfearwithsarah.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the social media world. You can find the show everywhere at Facing Fear with Sarah or communicate directly by emailing hello at facingfearwithsarah.com. You made it to the end of the episode, so I'm going to give you a little surprise. I was recently published in the Wildfire Magazine. It is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer. And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15 or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal and This is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out. Go visit wildfirecommunity.org. Use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.